Hi, everybody. This is Pastor Tim from Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire. This is our weekly podcast of the sermon from the prior Sunday. Normally at this time, I've invited everybody to join us for worship at 8, 30, and 11. Uh, But right now we're in the midst of the global pandemic, and so we are not having worship in our building at 8, 30, and 11. Instead, you can find us online doing virtual worship using Zoom. You can find the information for all of that on our website at www.htelc.com. You can also like us on Facebook. And uh, those are the two primary ways in which to find our links to have worship with us. So it doesn't matter where you are, as long as you have an internet connection, you can join us for worship. So thank you for listening. We hope that you find the sermon meaningful and purposeful, that it connects to your life and how you interact with the world. And most of all, it reveals God's infinite love for you and all of creation. Today's gospel is from the third chapter of John. Jesus said, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world and people loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. God's grace, peace, and mercy to you this day and always. Amen. Pastor Tim's away today, as you know. He's visiting his mom and dad in the Midwest to help celebrate his mom's birthday. And I say, good for you, Pastor Tim. Good for you. That's exactly what we ought to do. Love the people who are in our lives while we have a chance. James Taylor said it this way, shower the people you love with love. Shower the people you love with love now before it's too late. I live with certain regrets. I had two older brothers, just terrific guys, wonderful older brothers to me from uh, my childhood through my adulthood. They're both gone now. I never took the opportunity to sit down and tell them face to face, I love you. Thank you for all you've meant to me in my life. Shower the people you love with love now. Love is the theme today. The gospel lesson from John 3 is the retelling of the story of an encounter between a religious leader named Nicodemus and Jesus. Nicodemus apparently was a seeker, we might call, someone who wondered about life and faith and God and Jesus, had certain questions, most likely. He went to Jesus by night, and there he said to Jesus, Teacher, we know you are from God because of what you've done and what you've been saying. And before Nicodemus could raise any 
questions, Jesus then stated three realities. We'll get to those in a moment, but first questions. Do you have questions about God? Who is God? What's God like? How does Jesus fit into the scheme of things? What do I have to do to get right with God? Is there any hope for this corrupted, broken world? Questions like that? I bet you do. I think we all do. Jesus' statements to Nicodemus really get at some of these basic human questions we have. First of all, Jesus said, for a person to enter the kingdom of heaven, he or she must be born again. Nicodemus heard that. He didn't get it. What are you saying, Jesus? You have to go back into the womb a second time? It's what he thought. Now, Jesus then clarified by saying you have to be born of water and the Spirit. Jesus was saying if you want to get right with God, he didn't use that term, but I think it fits, you have to be acted upon by God from above, born from above, born again, made new through water and the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what we proclaim happens in baptism. Isn't that something? If you want to get right with God, God has to act on you and make you new. Then Jesus went on to say, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness to save the people, so the Son of Man, Jesus' self-designation, must be lifted up so that those who put their trust in him will have eternal life. Jesus was talking about his being lifted up on the cross giving his life in love for all, but then also being lifted up from the tomb on that Sunday morning and leaving death behind, declaring that death is not the final period mark of life, and 40 days after that, being lifted up, ascended into the heavenly realms as God's beloved son. All of that because of God's love. Then Jesus went on to speak those words that have become so familiar to us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him, puts his trust in him, will have eternal life. Don't miss the first part of that. For God so loved the world, that is the actual world, the broken, corrupted world of violence, hatred, disease, sickness, death, and so on. God so loved that world that he gave Jesus as the Savior. Jesus was given not to condemn, but to save the world. And the word that's used there means to heal, to rescue, to make whole. Bottom line for Nicodemus and for all of us, each of us, all of us, this world, the entire universe, is loved by God. My job today, primarily, is to speak that amazing word of God, that you are loved. You are a child of God, loved by God now and forever. That, I believe, to be the basic truth about life. But so often, that word has a hard time getting through to us. Why? Well, in part because we feel unlovable. 
The world has a way of beating us up and beating us down, people criticizing and condemning us, we doing that to ourselves as well, and we end up feeling unworthy of God's love. About three years ago, there was a remarkable encounter between a gay man and Pope Francis. The gay man said to the Pope, I feel bad about who I am. People in the church tell me that I am not worthy of God's love, that I'm a bad person, that I am sinful. Pope Francis said these words, Juan Carlos, that you are gay does not matter. God made you this way. God loves you this way. The Pope loves you the way you are. Now you should love yourself and be happy with who you are. Remarkable words from Pope Francis to someone who felt unlovable. Sometimes we feel unlovable because of guilt over things we've done or shame about who we are or who we think we have become. One day Jesus was approached by a group of religious leaders, all men, and they said, this woman that they brought with her has been caught in the act of adultery. The law says that she should be stoned to death. What do you say we should do? Clearly they were testing Jesus. Jesus paused for a while. You may know the story. And he looked around, he said, all right, let the one of you who is without sin cast the first stone. In time, they all left. Jesus looked around and said, no one here has condemned you. Neither do I condemn you, he said to the woman. Now go and leave your sin behind. That is, leave your life of sin in the dust. Move on. There's something new for you. God's love, God's forgiveness revealed in Jesus is what we all need, isn't it? Jesus is God's forgiveness. That forgiveness is here this day through word and sacrament. You claim it as your own, that you are forgiven, beloved child of God. The cross is where God's forgiveness is most clearly declared. And so when you doubt whether you're forgiven or loved by God, Think about that cross of history, the empty tomb, the ascension, the loving activity of God in Jesus to rescue, to heal, to bring wholeness to you. This is Lent, a time when we confess our sins and repent. It's a serious time of penitence, no doubt. It's important for us. Today is the middle Sunday or the fourth Sunday of Lent. It's called Laetare Sunday, which comes from the word meaning rejoice, or joy. Today is a day for joy. In the midst of this penitential season, in the midst of the Lenten discipline, we find joy. Why? Because God is here declaring that God loves us, and there is nothing that can separate us from that love ever. There is maybe, though, one lingering question. If God loves me, and if God has done everything for me to live eternally, if my relationship to God is rock solid, I don't have to worry about it. What's my role? What are we to do? And in response to that question, Christianity can be seen as quite simplistic in concept and rather <laughs> confounding in implementation. We can 
go about the task to which we've been set by Jesus. What is it that we're to do? To love God and to love our neighbor. That's what Jesus said was a summary of the law. That's how we are to live. Love God, love our neighbor. It doesn't sound so complicated, and we can do so because God first loved us. And we can do so even though we often get in our own way. As Martin Luther said, we're curved in upon ourselves. In curvatus est, the great American actor Dustin Hoffman said, we have this basic problem. It's our human flaw. It's our self-centeredness. We seem to get in the way all the time of our doing what we want to do and know we need to do. The Apostle Paul said it. It's not the good that I want to do, that I set out to do, but it's the less than good or the evil that I end up doing. We have that problem. It's ourselves. And yet God comes in Jesus to set us free from that to enable us to not be self-centered, but to look and to love God and to love our neighbor. Have you ever been loved? Have you ever had the experience where you've known and felt and realized that some other human being loved you to the extent that he or she put you first in his or her life? You ever been loved like that? It took me a long time to grow up and mature enough to recognize the love that my mom and dad had for me from the get-go until the time they took their dying breaths. I realized after I matured a bit that they had loved me so much. They had loved me unconditionally without exception. They didn't like everything I did. They certainly got irritated with me lots of times, no doubt about it, but they always loved me, and I knew that. When I realized that, I had been touched by their profound love in my life. You know what I wanted to do? I wanted to love them back. Did somebody have to tell me, John, you should love your brother? No, no. I had been touched by this love. I had been changed, and therefore, I was motivated to love in response. I think that's exactly the way it is with God's love. Living as people who know that we are loved by God, the cross of Christ reminding us of that. Living as people who've been forgiven and empowered by God's love, you and I can rise every day, each moment, to do what we were born to do, to do the good works that we've been created to do, as it says in Ephesians, that is, to love God and to love our neighbor. It's simple. It is to love God and our neighbor as God has loved us. In concept, simple. In implementation, challenging. But by God's power and the spirit of God's presence in our lives, we can overcome our selfishness and do God's work in the world. May God, through God's spirit, assure you that you are a beloved child of God and that you have now been set free to love God and to love your neighbor. Thanks be to God. Amen.